Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. So today, we're going to talk about two things. I've First of all, I've been so psyched to record this episode um, for the past like couple days. So today, we are going to talk about strategies for maintaining a healthy diet and nutrition, and we're also going to talk about why it's easier for some people to get in shape. So let's get started. Okay, let's start with strategies for maintaining a healthy diet and nutrition. So I actually wrote about this in my article of the week, my blog post of the week. So if you've already read it, then you will have heard all this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it on the podcast for those who just listened. So starting off, maintaining a healthy diet and nutrition is one of the most important pillars of overall health and wellness. So... It's great that you're listening to this episode because that means that you are interested in learning more about it. So, overall, what we eat not only affects our physical health, but it actually affects our mental and our emotional well-being as well. So, when we understand that there are so many like fad diets and conflicting, conflicting information and misinformation out there, it can be overwhelming because it's like, you know, where do I start, Right. And so that's why I wanted to come and, uh, I guess, address it and basically tell you what the practical tips are and what the basic principles are for maintaining a healthy diet. So whether you're trying to lose weight, manage a chronic condition, uh, gain muscle, or just feel better in day-to-day life, then I believe that making small changes to your diet can make a big impact, especially if you, like, have, I feel like, okay, the more out of shape you are, like, the worse you eat and the more inactive you are, it'll be much easier for you to get results, right? It's like whether you take um, 2,000 steps a day, if you go from 2,000 to 4,000, that's going to make a drastic difference versus someone who goes from taking 10,000 to 12,000, you know? And so if you're in a really bad place, it's actually going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be easier, but you will see uh, much more benefits in the beginning. Okay, so understanding the basics of nutrition is very important, and we have to understand the five main food groups and why they're so important. So I've talked about these before in previous episodes, but I want to repeat them again. So the first food group is vegetables. So these are the foods that provide your body with important nutrients like fibers, vitamins, and minerals. So it's a good idea to aim for a variety of different colored vegetables each day since they all provide different nutrients. So some options would be like leafy greens or cruciferous veggies like broccoli and cauliflower or bell peppers and carrots. You know, there's all these different kinds of vegetables you can choose from. The second food group is fruits. So like veggies, these are packed with fibers, vitamins, and minerals, and they're also a great source of antioxidants. So try to mix it up and eat a variety of fruits each day 
typically have two fruit fruits or veg a day or a meal so with each like morning I mean not morning sorry breakfast lunch and dinner have at least two uh fruits or veg so or you know one fruit one veg your your choice um so yeah fruits uh again try to mix it up have like berries citrus fruits tropical fruits like mangoes and pineapples you know mix it up the third food group is grains. So these are an important source of carbohydrates. And carbohydrates, excuse me, are what give your body energy. Now, whole grains, uh, like, you know, brown rice versus white rice, these are less processed and they provide more nutrients than refined grains. So if you can stick to those, it's like when it comes to white rice and brown rice, it's not that white rice is bad it's just brown rice has more benefits so if you don't like the taste of brown rice you know eat white rice it's it's not unhealthy it's just um kind of a difference in how the, the process it gets to be in the bag that you're buying um so some grain you know options are like whole wheat bread rice quinoa uh pasta is a grain as well so yeah the fourth food group is protein. So protein is essential for building and repairing tissues in your body. So especially if you are someone who is physically active, whether that includes resistance training or not, uh, protein is important. And it's important for someone who's not phys that physically active as well. Uh, but if you are physically active, you will need more protein than you, the average person who does not exercise. So you can get protein from sources like, uh, the best would be like lean meats, so like chicken and fish, um, turkey, that kind of stuff, but you can also find it in beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, tofu, of course, like steak as well, but you don't want to eat too much red meat, so if, like, I love steak, but I try not to eat it more than, you know, once a week, um, I would say it's like the max, uh, for eating, uh, red meat. Okay, and the last uh, food group, so I keep saying uh, I noticed that I was listening back to an episode and I said uh like a hundred times, so I'm trying to stop saying uh. Okay, anyways, dairy. That is the fifth food group. Now, this provides important nutrients like calcium and vitamin D, so some good options would be low-fat milk, sugar-free yogurt. Yeah. All right, moving on. To create a balanced meal, aim to add at least one food from each food group. So, except dairy. You don't always need dairy, but typically have half your plate with veggies and fruits, a quarter of your plate with grains, and a quarter of your plate with protein. I'm not saying you actually have to measure out your plate, but like, for example, for lunch, you know, Chicken, rice, and a vegetable, um, and a fruit is, you know, that, that's a great meal right there. And then if you want some dairy, uh, see, I just said it again. Ugh, so sorry, so sorry. Then you can have a cup of milk or something, or a cup of yogurt. Alright, so some tips for maintaining a healthy diet. Uh, these... Oh my gosh, I just did it again. 
Ugh, at least I'm catching myself. I'm okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. Maintaining a healthy diet does not have to be complicated. So here are some practical tips to help you eat healthier. Number one, and I think I've said this before, is meal planning. Planning your meals and your snacks ahead of time helps you stay on track, make healthier choices, and especially when you're in a rush, if you have kids or something, having your meals planned out already makes it so much easier, and it really does just take off so much stress. In the mornings, like, okay, if you have a full day planned ahead of you, you're like, all right, when am I going to eat lunch, or when am I going to, like, cook dinner, when am I going to have time to do this, but if you plan your meals ahead of time, and even, like, cook, uh, meal prep your lunches or your dinners or something, whatever you can, it makes it so much easier to make sure that you're eating enough calories, that you're not just, you know, having junk food throughout the day, but you're actually having good, balanced, healthy meals. Number two for maintaining a healthy diet is to read nutrition labels. I recently, or yesterday, posted a video on TikTok and Instagram about which soda has the most added sugars, and it really... It's crazy. Like, Dr. Pepper had 52, Coca-Cola and Sprite had 44, Mountain Dew had 61, Sunkiss had 63, Root Beer had, uh, I think, like, 48 or 38. And so it's, that was in the 16-ounce bottle, and we don't realize how much sugar there is in what we're eating. Like, it doesn't taste like you're just eating a bunch of sugar, but there's sugar in the high fructose corn syrup, you know? And so... It's just, it's really good to be mindful of what you're eating, especially with snacks. There are a lot of added sugars in snacks, even foods that we think are healthy. And I also did a video on that, uh, I think it was last week, about snacks that are, are unhealthy. And then I also did one over snacks that are healthy. And so it's it's common ones that like trail mix and fruit snacks and protein bars that we don't realize are actually more like a dessert than a healthy snack. So read nutrition labels uh, when you're at the grocery store. So don't buy it and then look at it because then you're going to feel obligated to eat it if you bought it because you don't want to waste it. So at the grocery store, take some extra time, look at what you're buying, look for things. So you want to buy things that are low in saturated fat or trans fats, but you want no trans fats. Um, You want to look for things like added sugars. Make sure that there's little to no added sugars, like five grams or less, Uh, especially if it's a food where the serving size isn't actually what you eat. Like, for example, uh, this doesn't have to do with sugar, but like goldfish, for example, I feel like the serving size, it's like a handful or something, but hooch is a handful of goldfish. Like, it's probably like five handfuls you're eating so keep in mind what the portion size is with those added sugars as well Uh, preferably you know no added sugars or just a few added sugars and then also look for sodium sodium is not bad but you do want to have it in moderation because if you have too much sodium then that can cause some health issues all right tip number three for maintaining a healthy diet is portion control so remember that Even healthy foods can lead to gateway if you eat too much of them because it's about a caloric deficit or a caloric surplus. So if you're having two, like if you're having a bunch of food, like a bunch of healthy food, but you're going over the 
calories that you need, then you're still going to gain weight. So if your goal is weight loss, then, you know, keep in mind your portions and everything. If you're trying to gain weight, that's a different story, but um, just be in mind of your portions. Okay, uh, tip number four is to increase your fruits and your vegetables. So try to fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables I already mentioned this, but this will help you get more vitamins, minerals, and fibers in your diet. Tip number five, which I already said, reduce added sugars. Many processed foods contain added sugars. This can lead to weight gain and other health issues. So choose foods that are either naturally sweetened, like fruit or dried fruit, or opt for low sugar option foods. So real quick, I do want to mention, I do not support the keto diet as a whole, but the keto desserts are actually good. Um, there are, okay, so when it's like a sugar alcohol, you can get away with saying zero grams of added sugar. So like, for example, the keto bars, they say zero grams of added sugar, but there's like 16 grams of sugar alcohols. Uh, so that is like a healthier alternative than just like straight up sugar, I guess. Um, but you still want to eat that in moderation. So I would say if you want a dessert, the keto desserts definitely are the healthier option. Um, and I feel like they taste pretty good. Like I think, I think they taste pretty good. And so just because it says, you know, zero grams of added sugars, um, look at the sugar alcohols. If it says 16, you know, have the portion size like if if one bar like let's just say a chocolate bar or whatever if one chocolate bar has 60 grams of added sugars don't eat three of them just because or 60 grams of sugar alcohols don't eat three of them just because like there's no added sugars you know still only have the serving size don't overindulge either you know so you still want to eat those things in moderation All right, number six is to stay hydrated. So drinking enough water is very important. Aim for, I like to say, at least eight glasses of water per day, which is typically, I feel like, known. And, of course, limit or eliminate sugary drinks like sodas and juices. Sorry, that's my water bottle. All right, and last tip for... uh, maintaining a healthy diet is to practice mindful eating, which I already mentioned, but I think it's worth noting again. Uh, so mindful eating isn't, it's, it's a few, it means a few things. So be aware of what you're eating throughout the day. So if you have snacks or if you have a few cups of coffee, keep that in mind. Um, you don't have to track your calories or track your exact carbs and fats and proteins or anything unless you have a specific goal where you're like, you might need to, but uh, typically just like for losing weight or being healthy, you don't need to do that and you just have to be mindful of what you're eating and how much of it you're eating. So you just have to be aware of the portion control and the ingredients that you're eating and the time of days that you're eating as well. You know, if you're eating, let's say you have the right amount of portions of the foods you're eating, but you had, like, you know, 10 different snacks. Like, yeah, you ate them in the portions, but you don't need 10 snacks. So it's just little things like that. And so this will help when you pay attention to that. Pay attention to your hunger and fullness cues. So 
I feel like your body definitely tells you, like, okay, you don't need to eat anymore. Like, if you're eating, right, and you feel like, okay, I'm full, don't keep eating just because there's more food on your plate. You can throw it away. Your body is not a bin, okay? You can throw the food away. And so I think it's better for your body just to do that. Like, don't be so worried like, oh, but I paid for it. Like, no, if your body is full, either take it to go or just throw it away. So pay attention to your hunger and your fullness cues. If you work from home, it's really easy to, like, go and get some snacks. So I honestly, it's awful for the people who come over to my house, but I, like, don't really keep snacks in my house. I just have, like, dried fruits. That's pretty much my snack. I have nuts and fruits and dried fruits. That's, like, pretty much the only snacks I eat uh, throughout the day. But when you keep a bunch of snacks in your house, then it is going to be harder to not eat those things because they're at the the reach, you know, of your arm. So if you do work from home or you're home a lot, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever the case is, Again, that goes back to the meal prepping, but also just your environment matters. So set up your environment to match what your goals are. Make it easier on yourself. All right. So I do want to discuss some food sensitivities and allergies and understanding the difference between those. So number one is that food sensitivities and allergies can affect your health and your well-being. So, a food allergy is when your immune system can react to a protein in certain foods. So, symptoms can be like itchy mouth, hives, anaphylaxis, uh, and common food allergies like peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, dairy, egg, soy, and uh, wheat. So, that's a food allergy. A food sensitivity is when your body reacts to a food without involving your immune system. So symptoms would be like bloating, gas, diarrhea, headaches, skin rashes, and then common food sensitivities include gluten, lactose, and FODMAPs. Uh, So if you think you have a food allergy or sensitivity, it is important to see an allergist or a diagnosis. Or an allergy, yeah, yeah, I said that right, an allergist or a diagnosis. Uh, So this would involve like skin tests, blood tests. Uh, Sometimes they even do elimination diets to see how your body body reacts to certain things. And so you definitely want to avoid foods that might trigger that reaction. And this is if you have food sensitivity or food allergy. You want to avoid those foods, um, which can be hard, especially if the food is in like many products. So again, Going back to reading food labels and asking questions when you eat out, I am very picky. Like, I, if I'm ordering something, I always, like, take out something from whatever. It's, like, rare that I don't say, like, take off this, this, or this. So, do not be afraid to ask the waiter or the cooks, like, what is in this, you know? I actually have a story. I have a friend, or I knew her, like, a couple years ago. I, I didn't... I just, like, knew her. And so we're in a group, and she was talking about, like, how she recently went to the hospital. And we were like, what, why? And she said she was at a restaurant, and she had a dairy allergy. And she was ordering a a meal, and it had, like, some sort of sauce, I guess, and most sauces have dairy in it. 
And so she asked, like, does this sauce have dairy in it? And she assumed it was going to be a yes, but the waiter said no. And she was like, are you sure that there's no dairy in it? And the waiter said, yeah, there's no dairy in it. And so then um, he goes to the cook and uh, the cook's like, yeah, no, there's no dairy in it. <laughs> and uh, they just like... They, they kept telling her there wasn't any dairy in it. And then, so she ordered the food. She's like, okay, so she got the food. And then she had an allergic reaction. She had to, like, get, you know, poked with the EpiPen. She had to go to the hospital. And there happened to be, um, what was it? Uh, I think eggs. I think there was eggs in it. And they were, they're like, they didn't realize that eggs was dairy. So, Yeah. Make sure you ask. I mean, even then, she asked, though, and they were just stupid, so. Yeah, but hopefully that does not happen to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly, on the food sensitivity subject, um, I want to talk about how there are many substitutes for food aller- for common food allergens or sensitivities, so, like, instead of milk, have almond milk or soy milk or coconut milk, you know, Or instead of wheat pasta, you can have gluten-free pasta or veggie pasta, you know. And so there are substitutions uh, for those things. And I guess if you happen to have one of those, you can do more research on that on your own. Or you can text me. Uh, My phone number is 361-209-7476. If you want to ask me, I can do the research for you. I love doing extended research. So, yeah, feel free to text me. Or you can email me at uh, Mia at Mia's mentorship.com or DM me on social media. All right. Anyways. Uh, dang it. I just have my place. Hold on. Okay. I don't really want to talk about that. I was going to talk about special considerations for like pregnant women and children, teenagers and older adults and athletes, but I don't want to. Okay, so I want to discuss briefly why it's easier for some people to get in shape. So, some people just, they seem to have it naturally easier to get in shape than others. And there are many factors that contribute to this, including lifestyle, genetics, and biology. So, one of the most significant factors that can affect a person's ability to get in shape is their lifestyles. For example, someone who enjoys working out will have an easier time staying motivated and making exercise a regular part of their routine. On the other hand, someone who does not enjoy working out may struggle to maintain a constant, consistent exercise regimen. Another lifestyle factor that can affect uh, fitness is the level of physical activity a person engages in at work. So... A lot of jobs do not involve physical activity, but people who have jobs that do require it, such as construction workers or nurses, they may find it easier to stay in shape compared to those who sit at a desk all day, you know? So, another thing is your friend group. This also affects how easy it is for you to live a healthy lifestyle if your friends enjoy doing physical activities and opt for a healthier diet, you know, and you all go to eat and stuff then it's much easier for you to do the same. But if your friends um, are pretty, uh, what's the word? Not stagnant. They don't move around a lot. Like, they prefer, you know, 
for example, you could either y'all go eat and then you go and you sit down somewhere or y'all go like get a smoothie and you go for a walk, you know? And so that definitely impacts you either positively or negatively. The second thing is genetics. This can play a role in someone's ability to get in shape. So some people do, it's not, uh, Never mind. Some people have a genetic predisposition to being naturally lean or having a faster metabolism. I know those people are always hated. Um, But conversely, others have it harder. They they have it harder uh, for them to lose weight or build muscle mass. Another factor is uh, biological factors. So this would be things like chronic diseases or obesity, which make it harder for people to get in shape. So, like, diabetes or heart disease, for example, make exercising more challenging and obesity can make it more difficult to move around and engage in physical activity. It's still possible, but it's just going to be harder for them to do it until they get to that point where they uh, lose weight For if it's uh, obesity, for example. But the diabetes and heart disease, I guess, um, it's just something you'd have to get used to. And lastly... Financial struggles, of course, can make it harder for people to get in shape if, like, you know, there's gym memberships and healthy foods, and if you want a personal trainer, this can all be expensive. But honestly, there are so many ways to work around that, though. It it will cost you a little if you don't know what you're doing, because you have to pay someone to, I guess, give you the information. Uh, but long-term... Healthier food really isn't more expensive than unhealthy food, you know? Like, just buying meats and fruits and vegetables and grains and uh, dairy, like, it's really not that expensive. Like, yeah, there's, there's, ugh. What I hate is, like, there's all those organic brands and there those, like, the healthy food aisle where it's just a bunch of stuff where they, they say it's better than the alternative, but it's not. You're just spending more money for the same thing. So, like, especially um, the protein bars or the alternative snacks or the alternative desserts. Like, it's just as bad, you know, or it's pretty much just as bad. So, might as well just, like, not even get involved with that stuff, but... Anyways, it was wonderful talking to y'all about this, and I hope that you got something out of it. I already plugged in my uh, <laughs> my number and my email, and my socials are, if you don't know it, my TikTok is Mia's Mentorship. I post, I don't know, three videos a week, I'd say, on there, and same with Instagram. I post, like, the reels on Instagram and then I have my weekly blog, which you can subscribe to if you would like to. I do not spam emails. I just send one a week to tell you when my blog is out. And then, of course, the podcast that you're listening to right now is every two weeks. So, also visit my website, measmentorship.com. And if you would like some one-on-one help and you're just kind of lost, you want to start living healthier, or you have a specific goal, like you want to lose weight, or whatever it is, then you can book a call with me, and we can discuss what we can do together, or you can text me, and then maybe just, you know, see if we'd be a good fit. So yeah, thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.